Hello and welcome to Composer Chat, a podcast where we talk a little about music, a little about life, and a whole lot about whatever nonsense happens to come up otherwise. I'm your host, Jason Nitch, and each week I am joined by one of my favorite composers out there in the world. It's my show, so that's why it's my favorite composers who get the invites, and you're just going to have to live with that. Stick around, we're going to do a deep dive with some of the most creative people in the world. You're listening to Composer Chat. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Composer Chat. I'm your host, Jason Nitch. Yes, I'm composer and I'm here every week, but each week I'm joined by a guest composer of my own selection and we'll spend the next hour talking with them with frequent interruption by me. And I'm really excited about my guest, somebody I have known for a really, really long time and somebody who I've always had a lot of admiration and respect for uh, personally, and I like their music a little bit. <laughs> I was wondering, it's like, who are you introducing? <laughs> I can I can say that to my dear friend here. Welcome That's to right. the show, Daniel Montoya. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What, no, no studio audience applause. I'm let down. No, no. We put that in in post. Okay. Okay. Oh, thank you for that rousing sitting ovation. Yeah. All the sound effects go in in post. Uh, the theme song, post. <laughs> That's right. The applause, post. That's Later right. on, the, when uh, you say something questionable, the, the jeers, they get all that go ready. in post-production. Get that ready. The ads for uh, Beyond the Belt, right? Yeah, there's definitely a Beyond the Belt Season ad. three or season four? Where are we on? Season three out now. Season oh. four in production. Oh, boy. For those Here we of you go. keeping track at home. Wow, I have been keeping track. Since you brought it up, before we dive into the things, I sure. will bring up that I tried very hard you to did. get you to voice a character. I'm pretty for... sure COVID happened. Right, the podcast. Oh, and and nobody was working during COVID. You couldn't possibly have, <laughs> have sat in your room at home and recorded. A, I, I I pretty much spent uh, eighteen months cleaning shoes, so that <laughs> couldn't fit you in there, Jason. I'm really sorry. Well, if you if you get a um, Hispanic Mexican Chicano mestizo character, notice what I didn't say. I'm not down with the Latinx. Take that, people. Um, call your okay. boy. I'm here. I'm here. I can do Spanish. I can do Spanglish. I tried. I tried. Okay. I had to. I had to. I had to give your role to somebody else. Now, oh, I mean, I, I can write something great. for you, but it's gonna, it's gonna be somebody that suffers a horrible death I in hope space. So. Oh, in space, no one can hear you scream. From what I've heard, no, 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 no. We add those in post too. Okay. Screams in post. <laughs> the the Wolfhelm is that the what it's called the Wolfhelm one? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, yeah. I okay. I do have a sound clip of that. Mm. I should throw it in. I don't think I've used it though. I feel throw like it I in right throw here. Throw that in. Okay, there that was is. great. Great. <laughs> well, um, well, Daniel, uh, for yes. people who may not be as familiar with you that's as weird. I am, I know, mm. I don't know how that's possible. Who doesn't know who I am? I feel like lots of people actually. Yeah, more than I'd like. Can you uh, can you give everybody like the 30 second, you know, elevator Ooh. pitch what you're into? Hey, what's up? Uh, I write music, band music, uh, marching band, concert band. I made my my bones on percussion ensemble pieces. Um Let's see. I, I love shoes. I like shoes. My spare time, I do shoe tube, you know, YouTube plus shoes. Um, I also have a small time media company focused on the marching arts, general effect media. Look us up. Um, I got two wonderful dogs, Mahler and Leonard. They're both puggles. Thank you. Uh, Jason is repping the GE. Um, I have a wife. I have a daughter. She's seven. You don't get to know their names. Uh, well, unless you know me, if you know me, then you know who they are. Uh, I am an Austin native from Austin. That's right. I have an Austin mailing address. I've always had an Austin mailing address living here. Pflugerville is not Austin. Cedar Park's not Austin. Liberty Hill's not Austin. <laughs> Del Valley's not Austin. All right. Austin is Austin. 
Uh, just like you people who live in Plano and say you live in Dallas. You don't live in Dallas. You live in Plano. So I don't know how many viewers have stuck around now at that point because I've just insulted them. Oh, yeah, I live in Houston. Where? Pearland. Oh, okay. The the people from other parts of the country are going, what is he talking about? Well, you know what? It's very important that I do not tarnish the, the legacy that is Austin. There's Austin area. Vandegrift, Austin. Cedar Park, not Austin. Mm. Yeah, look it up. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with it because I don't. Okay, cool. I don't have a dog in this fight. Well, you know what? Everyone everyone likes a winner. Well, speaking of dogs, yeah, anyway. yeah. I will say too, since you brought your family up, and we won't name names, but I will say one of my favorite memories of you is from uh, is from Midwest one year. You and I, my wife was there, and mm-hmm. Ryan George, I think we were all yeah. at the Eleven City Diner, my favorite place. By the way, not a podcast sponsor, but I often talk about the Eleven City Diner with composers because Midwest. They should sponsor. Um, sponsor they me. should. They should. Yep. I'm open to that. But yep. one of my favorite memories, we all, we had all had lunch or something at Eleven City and we were leaving, mm-hmm. um, walking back to the convention when at the time was back at the old. That's right. Hilton had it moved to right. McCormick Place yet. And um, and I think your wife, who maybe wasn't, maybe was your fiance at the time. I don't think she was my wife yet. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that was pre mm-hmm. high in the knot. Um, was yeah. getting there, and somewhere down the street, you saw her getting out of a cab. We didn't have Uber back then. It's true. So I'm it pretty exists. sure she was getting out of a cab, and um, and Ryan and my wife and I are walking, and then all of a sudden, you're just jogging down the <laughs> down the sidewalk away from mm-hmm. us, and mm-hmm. we don't see you again. That's true. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, you know, Chicago's a romantic city. Um, between a, a man and a woman or a man and a man, whatever your partners between your spouses, your mates. Um, I'm sure we just went back to Levin city and had more, more waffles. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Good stuff. It I'll used eat to there be three a... times in a day. Yeah. But they're not open. They're not open. Uh, well, like they used to be COVID took care of business, man. Right? I think they like close at three in the, they close on the super week. early. Yeah. It's just like Walmart's not 24 hours. You know, look, I get it. I get it. But man, did I love going grocery shopping at two in the morning? Not I could live without that, but I, but I was real disappointed the first time I tried to go to 11 city at like five o'clock and was like, wait, yeah. minute, what do you mean? They're uh-huh. not open. What is exactly, what am I supposed to eat now? That's heresy. That's right. <laughs> do something about that Midwest. I'm the same way. I could, I, I make multiple pilgrimages yep. to 11 city when I'm in Chicago. As and, one so, and I have you to thank for that because you introduced me to that place. Also. Oh, well, 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 shout out to me then. Thank you. Cause I, I think I was one of your three times a day trips one year. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So now it's Worthy. now it's on the tour. I love it. Um, I go all the time. So everyone, don't don't go when I'm there though. I need a, I need I need to have a table. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people saying, "Don't move to Austin. You can come visit and spend your money here. Just don't move here." All right. During Midwest, leave some space for me to go to the Levin City. Don't Park. visit during Midwest. Just the other times of the year. Yes, correct. <laughs> I got you. Okay. Well, maybe you I'll see go. you there. It's okay. Yeah, for sure. Well, all right. So that's a that's a pretty good sidebar. Thank you. Um, Daniel, I always ask, uh, mm. my podcast guests about oh. their origin stories in Ooh. music, Yeah, about how you got involved in music when you were younger, kind of what was your, uh, what was your entry point to music making when you were growing up? Um, my dad was in a rock and roll band when he was young. I actually wrote a piece about this. Um, back in the day, artists like James Brown would travel around and perform, but they wouldn't take a band. They would perform with a house band in a city. And my dad played bass in a band called the Night Dreamers, I believe. And uh, he got to play with James Brown on this show in El Paso. Um, and because of that, 
his younger brother, Charlie, started playing drums and he had a drum set in his back room at the house. So as a kid, I was growing up and whenever we went to El Paso in their house, I would always just bang on drums. And I knew once I got to pick an instrument in sixth grade, it was going to be drums. And at first they told me no, because they had too many drummers. Mm, um, and they choice. said, I, I think they said I could play saxophone or trumpet. One of those two. I don't think I have the lips for oh. something. I don't know. It doesn't no. really matter. So I came home that day and they said, what instrument did you get? And I go, well, I really wanted drums, but they gave me goes, Well, you go back tomorrow and you tell them you want to play. So I went back and they, uh, lucky for the world, they let me play drums. So um, <laughs> my uncle, Charlie, Charlie Montoya, he's the, uh, He's the reason because my dad was in that band, it, you know, kind of like it's in the family. So that's the that's the reason there. I love that. That's Who really mistake great. the reason. <laughs> How many no people listening outs. know Hoobastank? Well, if they're listening to you and I, they're very much into Hoobastank. Yeah, probably. That's yeah, right. you're, you're probably right about that. <laughs> so, um, all right. So uh, little little Daniel Montoya drummer. Thank you. In school. Mm-hmm. Um, little, little drummer boy. Little drummer boy. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember what made you, do you have an experience or something that made you think you wanted to start writing? Do you remember what that might've been? <laughs> no. Well, I joke about it in my autobiography. If you've ever read my biography, a lot of people who don't, and then they read it and go, your biography is amazing. Cause it is. Um, I hate biographies. I, you know, like so-and-so studied at the prestigious and from a young age was inspired by the music of Bjork. It's like, okay, we're all inspired by all this stuff. So I hired Jake Wallace of uh, San Diego state university, I believe, but uh, great conductor, great musician, great wordsmith. Um, I said, I need you to write me the most self-deprecating biography you can. Um, so go check out my biography. But I, I do mention that upon seeing Titanic, the movie, I was like, oh, I'd be cool. I'd, I'd love to try to write film music. Maybe I'll be a film composer. Like, it's just that easy, right? So like, I literally, after seeing Titanic in 1998, went into the MIDI lab, because back then, not everyone had giant computers. Oh, and yeah. I went and I learned Finale to 93B or something, whatever that <laughs> version was in, yeah, right. this was 1998. And I learned how to do a synthesizer. I learned how to do all this stuff. And I basically was writing music to the sequel of Titanic, right? Like it was all very James Horner esque. It was all film scorey. I didn't know what I was doing. I one treble clef, one bass clef, and I was just, you know, chords on anyway. Um, but there was something about that feel goody Titanic music that I thought, Oh, that'd be fun to write. I could do that. So that's what I did. That, that, so Titanic is the impetus of my music career for better, or for worse. Wow. That's interesting. Thank you. I uh, paint me like I, one of your French girls, Jason. I that's not much. Um, okay. <laughs> I um, that's that's interesting because I have a James Horner uh, oh. connection too, but it wasn't to Titanic. It was to Wrath of Khan. I was going to say it's Star Trek Two, right? Yeah. Star Trek Two uh-huh. is one of my favorite movies growing up, and that soundtrack is so cool oh, yeah. and amazing. And you know, then a couple of other things kind of contemporary with that Rocketeer was out about that time. It's funny that if you were to listen to Kroll, Rocketeer, and Star Trek II, like right after each other, they all have yeah. very similar harmonic melodic languages, yeah. uh, which is great. It, it captured that sci-fi sound of the 80s. It's, it's it's great stuff. Very much. Yeah, yeah. So I, I very much identify to that, even though I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So I, I, I go that mm-hmm. way, too. Yeah. I, I certainly remember I had, I think I had a record of Empire Strikes Back. A record, folks. Oh yeah, I had a record. I'm pretty sure I played it on my Winnie the Pooh record player. <laughs> I had a I had a Daffy or like Mickey Mouse Daffy Duck kind of yeah. thing. Those are two different things, aren't they? Donald yeah. Duck. I don't know. Donald yeah. Duck. Yeah. I remember having that, and so that was that was huge. That was a pretty good soundtrack to get to get 
hooked on early but then i mm-hmm. i remember wrath wrath of khan just like totally digging that soundtrack mm-hmm. um, for four years a soundtrack a score that is now available for purchase yes. that's right which that's i would right. recommend from yep. uh omni music i think is doing you that. know what for the longest time that was what i'd like to think of my uh uh un- very quiet secret among arrangers and then, then all of a sudden, like the internet blew up, and people were like, "Oh, you can get this, and you can get that." It's like, "Oh man, I thought yeah. I was the only one." I know. I I bought early, very really early on. I bought. I think it was like Edward Scissorhands or yes. something, and uh-huh. and uh-huh. everybody was like, "Where did you get that?" And I was like, "You know, I don't Correct. really remember." Yeah, like, I, <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, do you have this score? I go like, huh, I don't know what you're talking about. I just lift. Oh, I lift it all by ear. Sorry, yeah. I guess <laughs> yours not as good as mine. <laughs> Took me hours. Took me hours. Yes, that's yeah, right. over and over again. Um. Well, that's cool. Well, do you remember? Um, do you remember the first piece you wrote? Oh boy, I was just thinking about that the other day. I was yeah. like, I wonder if there's anything good in that piece that I could take for a new piece. Uh, really. Yes, I do remember the first piece I ever wrote. And if Michael J. Howard, uh, now the fine arts coordinator for Leander ISD, uh, were to listen to this, he's chuckling already. It's a percussion ensemble piece because you write what you know, right? I'm a percussionist, sure. so yeah. I wrote a piece. Yeah, and it's it's called El Matador y la Rosa, which is the Matador and the Rose, right? And it is a piece that rips off every single Spanish ism you can think of, from Malagueña to Carmen to the Mask of Zorro. And I just I wrote it, and it is horrible. You know, you go back and you're like, <laughs> that was awful. And we played it. I played piano on it, and um, Mike jokes because he has a VHS recording. That's the only thing that exists out there. I've wiped it from the internet as much as I can. Yeah. He has a, a recording of that percussion ensemble concert and I don't ever want to see it or hear it. But that was the first piece I ever wrote. Now I wrote, I've written since then. The third piece is what the piece that got me some exposure and got published and kind of got me in the world. So I had to get all the crap out of the way the first two times. But yeah. <laughs> was, that, um, was that the highway? Was that number three? No, <laughs> the piece that'll live in infamy. Everybody uh, no, the, plays the highway. Thank you. It's the Canyon actually. Canyon oh, was the first one. Okay. Um, and uh, Dr. Troma. At that Drop makes Six. sense. Yeah. That yeah. was the first one. I was on a whole, canyon. like everything was connected because it was the Canyon and then the rapids in the Canyon and you take the highway to get to the can. Like there was a whole thing. And then I kind of was like, eh, I'm kind of running out of ideas for the, <laughs> for this. So. Right. Yeah. And then yeah, there's but, the dead carcass, by at the, uh, uh, the side of the highway yeah, the, 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 driving yes. through the Kansas. Uh-huh. I had rumble strips that you find on the highway. Yeah. Like it's a whole thing. Yeah, whole thing. there's a broken yes, down it, car on the highway. Um, I think Michael Doherty has the uh, monopoly on broken down cars. Mm, for yeah, pieces. I think you're right. Is that called Dead? Right that. I forget what that that piece is. It doesn't matter. It's it's out. Is that the one with the trombones? Yeah, it's because it's that Cadillac Ranch, right? Isn't that, that what it is? Was that Motown metal? Well, Motown metal is about Detroit. Of? That's I'm about thinking Detroit. of that of that stuff like in the desert where the, the cars are sticking out of the oh, desert. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does have I'm a sure, piece about that. I'm sure someone's it. going like, you idiot, it's this. Somebody let is. Us, let us know in the episode, comment section down below. Somebody is calling. Yeah, somebody is astonished that I don't know something that I've asked how, about. How dare you not know every piece of music by every composer? This is a composer chat, is it not? Yeah, but it's really about me. I'm um, really, you know, not really but, interested in other people. I I, I just want to hear myself talk. That's why I That's said right. yes. I, I really, I, my interview of you is just so that I can talk. Thank you. And and to, uh, to shill uh, Beyond the Belt season three. Yeah. Streaming now. I appreciate that you're wearing a Texas Rangers hat. I have on my Astros sweatshirt. From what? Oh, World Series. When were they in the World Series last? Uh, recently. Were, was that the was that the, the the one with the asterisk next to it? 
No, no, no. That was the one before. The Asterix okay. was the one before. There's been one since then. Okay, so like you have one legit championship is what you're saying. Uh, or we'll two, I don't it, know. We'll call it one and a half. All right, I'll give it to you. I'm not a, I'm not a big hater about all the, you know, it's like they just did it differently and better than everyone else. But hey, you know what? I'm happy. And I will say I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I won't say I'm a Dallas resident because you already went on your, 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 are you a Frisco resident? Your your rant about, uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, about the suburbs, not being real. They're not. Um, No, I moved to the country this summer. I moved to, I moved to, to South, I moved South. But I, I will say I went to one of the Astros Rangers games and the Rangers fans were super nice. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I showed up in my in my orange and everything and, and yep. we won the game because we only won the road games. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they were super nice. Oh, you went to the playoff. Yeah, yeah. I went to one of the oh, playoff games here. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the the beautiful globe globe life field, which is which is really yeah, fantastic. I can't wait to go. It's a really great place to go to a, a baseball game, and everybody was super nice. Um, I, they got nicer the the further behind they fell, of course. Um, yes, but they were they were pretty nice the whole time. The, when we sat down, the guy next to us says, "Ah, how did we end up next to Astros people?" I, <laughs> I said, "Listen, we're just we're just we're just here to watch y'all win, and we're gonna we'll Thank go you. home sad." And, um, and then it, it didn't. And happen. we did not. We were sad later, but um, correct. Yes. Well, it happens. All right. So so Canyon. Yeah. Canyon was the first uh, first big one. So th- that was the first the Canyon where it rather was kind of the first piece that sort of hit it big. Yeah, it was. We played it. Now, a lot of the percussion pieces all started at Texas State or Southwest Texas at the at the time. So, um, you know, got to give the shout out to Gennaro Gonzalez. He, he really just he played basically everything I wrote, which was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the benefits, I think, of at the time, a smaller university. Now it's it's one of the biggest in the city, the state, and it's just it's crazy how big our universities are getting. Um, yeah, but yeah, we played the canyon, and and afterwards he had said, "My college professor is starting a publishing company, Drop Six Media. <laughs> uh, you should submit it to him." And yeah. I did, and he published it. And then he goes, "Whatever you want, just send me stuff." It's like, well, yeah. okay, I'll That's write cool. stuff. Yeah. That's really great. So is that is that kind of when when that sort of happened? Was that kind of when you sort of thought, you know, this is really something I could probably do? <laughs> I, you know, I, how, how do I say this the right way? And family you know what, show, I, family is, show. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I, it, people know me. They know this is not going to surprise anybody. Um, I, first of all, my whole act on social media is an act. I'm in on the joke. All right, it's all a joke to me. It's like the the comedian on on Watchmen. It's all a joke. It's a but joke the, to us too. Yeah, but the reality <laughs> is, if anyone who creates something out of nothing, whether it's music or poetry or whatever, has the ego inside of them that says people need to see or hear what I have in my brain. Sure. Like this faux humble creator bit that people put on and it's a put on. I know it is because you decided people need to hear this as a composer. Um, we're, 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 we're all on a some level narcissistic. We all have this huge ego. We're all brash about it. Um, and if you add the fact that you're a percussionist, then you multiply it by 10 or 20. Um, so yeah, I relate. Um, you know, I, when I wrote it and, and when I started writing, I was like, I'm kind of good at this. This is fun. This is cool. I like what this sounds like. I think that people should play this stuff because it's enjoyable and it's different. Um, now I was inspired by the contemporaries, uh, that are uh, at the time were the, the giants, which they still are the David Gillinghams, right? The David Maslonkas, they're like symphonic mammoth percussion ensemble pieces really inspired me. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, yeah, I think I could do this. Like I got the, I got the ugly stuff out of the way <laughs> and then it's like, all right, here we go. 
<laughs> so yeah, I um, I really wish. No, 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 I don't. I don't want to. We're 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 all have a big ego, man. You got to hear what I got to say. So, sorry, sorry to to break the the facade. Yeah, I'm just being real. That's what you want. You want us to be real on these things, right? Uh, yeah, sure, whatever okay. you want. I'm being real. The world's your uh, oyster. In the words of J Lo, I'm real. Hmm. Mm. Is that a is that a baseball player? Um, A Rod's <laughs> fiance, ex fiance, A Rod. Um, yeah, uh, Alex Rodriguez. The... Oh, yes, yeah, yeah okay. J Lo, the one who has more rings than the Cowboys, I think, or something. I don't know. She's got like five wedding rings or something. Anyway, for we talk different about people or just, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I like, think she, I think she's collects... like been engaged. She she oh. collects in, engagement rings like Thanos collects. In I don't I don't rings. know what you young kids listen to on young. The radio. She's like fifty. I'm talking oh, about she... you. Oh, me? Oh, yeah. Well, no, I'm clearly very, very hip and young. <laughs> at the very least. Well, yeah. Well, something's wrong with my hips, too. Um, <laughs> they don't lie. That's what happens when you get older. Um, okay. Uh, so so that, that was your first kind of piece that got published and got a lot of attention. Can you remember like a first big performance somewhere of something? Maybe it was that piece or maybe it was something else. Um, I, I wasn't at the, these performances, but it was because of the Canyon that Eric Harper programmed the Rapids at PASIC. Eric Harper was at Brazoswood. He's mm. a Texas tech graduate. Um, Brazoswood is one of the few schools at the time that had made PASIC three times in a row, like three times when you could enter because yeah. you have to let a certain amount. So right. he, he knew about the Canyon because of, uh, Alan, Dr. Shin, is it Mr. Shin? Uh, he passed away. He was at Tech Alan with Lisa Shin. Rogers, yeah. Alan Shin. Um, he programmed my stuff. He was an early champion. So then when they got into PASIC again, Eric commissioned me to write The Widowmaker, which they performed at PASIC. Um, but I never got to see most of these performances because PASIC was a rotating at the time. So sometimes yeah. it was in Nashville. It wasn't always right. in Indy or in Austin. But weirdly, ironically, when it was in Austin, I was living in Michigan at the time. So I couldn't go to that one. <laughs> Sounds like um, basics just trying to avoid you. I think we know that I they, you know, I was there in 96. I was there in 2000. And that was I've been there off and on. But yeah, yeah they could they can't handle me. They can't, they, you know, the doors aren't that big as someone would say from my head. So <laughs> clearly, yeah, clearly, clearly. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> well, um, or else you didn't get to go. That's a bummer. No, it's fine. It's fine. You know what? Um, it's fine. But I got the performances. You know, I got the the commissions and the publishing, and it was fun. It was great, and that all that stuff led to you know, bigger, better things. I don't want to say bigger and better, but band performances or orchestra or marching band. You know, just percussion ensemble. They're, they're not in the big hall at Midwest. <laughs> so no, no, they're not. That's true. Should be. Well, um, that's cool. So, okay, let me ask you this. I actually don't know the answer to this. And Ooh. I'm always fascinated when I get the the things that different people talk about. Do you have a big, like, um, uh, professional, I, I want to clarify, professional okay. mm -hmm. um, rejection story or maybe like some kind of project you you were in, in line for that didn't quite work out or something you mm. wanted to do that just didn't materialize? Hmm. I, I, I do have a story. And it's a re not necessarily a rejection, but uh, when I was looking to go to graduate school after Southwest Texas, I knew I was going to do composition. And while I was in the end of my undergrad career and I 
very much enjoyed college. I went to school for six and a half years, um, but I didn't take like summer school. Sometimes I took 10 hours. Like I enjoyed my time. Southwest but, Texas has a certain reputation. Yeah, it's it's I don't know what it is now, but um, yes. So I enjoyed my time, but um, I entered the National Band Association's Young Composer Mentor Project. It was year two. Yeah. And the three composers that if you were selected, you got to study with for a week, like master classes and private lessons. It was David Gillingham, Frank Tickelly, and Mark Camphouse, three giants of of wind band music. And yeah, sure. Um, you know, true to form, if you ever interview him, Frank was um the the most strict and firm of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark was the most I, Mark and David were very just like so welcoming and it was great it was great i learned so much from all three of them but uh david gillingham and like hey if you ever decide to do your master's call me up it'll be for free i was like oh okay cool um but i was looking at universities to go and i was like well i should apply for ut it's right down the street um and i reached out to indiana university because i had struck up a friendship with stefan stefan freund who was Mm. the son of don freund who was at the time indiana indiana and I emailed Don and I said, I introduced myself and I said, I know your son, blah, blah, blah. Um, these are the things I've done. These are the people I've studied with, quote unquote. I'm look, potentially looking at graduate school. And he replied something to the effect of, and again, I mentioned Gillingham to Kelly and Camphouse. And he basically said something to the effect of those composers are not the type of people we wish our students to emulate. We'd like them to be more like dot, 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 dot. And, and, and the, everyone he named was you know, real hoity-toity, you know, third Viennese school academic dot matrix type composers. At that point, I go delete because it wasn't that I didn't want to, you know, study or it it was that they instantly just like said, yeah, that's yeah, great. That's fun, kid. Um, This is real music here. And I just I just couldn't do it. So I didn't apply. I would have never got in anyway. Uh, Ended up applying to UT, got into there, went to there. It was fine. But it was not a rejection as much as it was like I knew people kind of look down on band music, the six minute symphonies, as they would say. And this is again, mm. early two thousands, things have changed considerably. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, 20 years ago, it was like, Oh, I write for band. He, he, he. Um, so that was, that was an awful story. I didn't like it. I haven't told it in a long time. So thank you for bringing it up. I just hate that. They were like, these were my heroes. Like this guy wrote blue shades. This yeah. guy wrote stained glass. This guy sure. wrote, wrote uh, whatsoever things. And you're saying mm. these people are bad composers or uh, we don't want, kids to sound like this like okay well thanks for nothing i um i i went on a round of of composition program interviews um i'm gonna say it was probably 15 years ago because mm. i was thinking i was gonna go get my doctorate in composition because i don't have any composition degrees but i but i was gonna you know i've been writing a lot at the time and sure. i literally was at an interview at a place i won't name the place Okay. And the, um, we all know what it is. Maybe. Um, and the, um, the composer, the head of the composition department was there and we were, we were talking and, you know, I was telling him about all the things and, and he just stops me and he says, it sounds like you publish a lot of things and we don't really do that. (laughs) (laughs) And I sort of thought, that's a ridiculous thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) We, We really like the music that the kids write that no one wants to play. Yeah, we really like for our graduates to not eat and have, mm-hmm. you know, heat. <laughs> hey, <laughs> like, but but man, those academic papers you're going to write off this piece of music off of your aleatoric MIDI computer program it, or whatever. It sort of felt like that, and I thought, and 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 that was kind of the end of that was the I think that was my last interview. 
Uh, and 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 as soon as they said that, I kind of went, you know, maybe getting a doctorate in composition is not for me. Maybe I'm not going to do that. And I did not. <laughs> in fact, I did not. Wow. Well, and your life has never been the same. And it's never been the same. That person ruined it for me. Um, I could I could be Doctor Niche right now, but you could I'm not. be if if not for that person at insert university Un- of unknown name, okay. unknown name, right. unknown location. Okay, All right. it's bad location. We'll look at your bio and we'll figure it out. Now, now you would never guess this one. No, um, and I, and you know what? I was really disappointed too because it was somebody whose music I really like, and mm. you know it was one of those things like if you met somebody whose music, like let's say he's not, but let's say you 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 love Frank to Kelly, everyone sure. does. Let's say you finally meet Frank to Kelly, and Frank is just not a nice human, and it's like it just destroys your whole like ah, I'm so disappointed in this. Frank is a wonderful human being, but like it's that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Don't meet your heroes, they say. But yeah, you're right. right. Then you're like, right, right, oh, right. man. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm so disappointed on many levels. But yeah. Um, yeah. anyway, being being a composer is is um, enjoying disappointment mostly. It's a hard knock life. Yeah, it is. TM. Um, <laughs> that's great. Well, um, so do you have any, let me ask you this. Do you have any bucket yes. list projects, things no. that like you've always wanted to do and you've just never got the chance? Not you're going to write another percussion ensemble. You, you, you've done that. Things mm. you've not done um, that you think, you know what, in the next 10 years, I'm going to figure out a way to dot, dot, dot. Do you have anything well, like I, that? If I put it out in the universe, someone's going to steal my idea. All right. And if you put it out in the universe, somebody may be like, you know what? Yeah. I, I want daniel to do that too that's true help him figure it out that's a good point so i have been very oh hashtag blessed lucky grateful all that stuff i've had many people commission me thankfully they like my music enough to pay me to write it and a lot of them just they write whatever you want and sometimes i want to write a banger with ipads and someone let me do that and sometimes i want to write a piece um you know i like i've got ideas and people let me do it uh, so I don't know that there's something that I've wanted to do that I'll never get to do because I've had opportunities. It's just, I don't maybe have time or the commission's like, oh, well, we really would like a band piece, not a percussion piece. So I'm very lucky in that there are ideas for pieces of music that I want to write that I would love for someone to pay me to write. But, <laughs> you know, like there, I have a piece in mind. I'm not going to spoil the title for anybody. You know what? You know what? Fine. I'm going to put it out there because I wrote okay. the, you mentioned the highway. Yeah. Um, and for all the the hundreds of thousands of people that are listening, uh, put hundreds. a consortium together. I want to write a sequel to my su- most successful percussion ensemble piece of all time, The Highway. And this is what it's going to be called. The, the Highway off-ramp. The Highway 2, colon, The Danger Zone. Oh, yeah. I just now, got chills. I should have wrote it, written it last year in time for Maverick to come out. But yeah. I just think it would be great. What are you playing? The Highway 2, The Danger Zone? <laughs> anyway, yeah. so... Um, that's what I want to write. Somebody pay me some money. You know, I'm, I'm cheap, you know, <laughs> look, you know, <laughs> what can I say? But I think we've said worse things about composers. We're, you know, we're all, we all do things for money here. Yes. So, uh, yeah, put a consortium together, 2,500 schools at $25 a piece. And I'll write it the highway to the danger zone. That seems like a lot of schools to try to coordinate, but yeah, it's, I'm not the one that's putting it together. Yeah. Somebody else though. Yeah, somebody put it together. That's um, that's that's real. Listen, that's really that's the maybe the worst answer I've gotten to that question. Why is that? I, well, I my my bucket list is just to write another percussion ensemble with a cheeky title. Uh, didn't you just literally write one for that's being premiered, being premiered at Midwest? 
I did write one with mm-hmm. a cheeky title. Yeah. Um, but that's not that was not a bucket list. That was just a, oh, that see. was a job. Gotcha. Okay. Job comes in the door, you do it. What's the piece that you wrote that friend, I listened to? Friend Lamar Burkhalter played it. And I said it was the next teamwork. Lamar. Oh, um, yeah. Lamar Burkhalter. Parallel with, dimensions. Um, parallel dimensions. Pair right. with a P-A-I-R because there's two right. feature Correct. percussionists. Uh, not to be it. confused with pears, the fruit. Not No, it's not fruit. It's not a fruit mm-hmm. piece. Mm-hmm. And it's not about, um, you know, yeah. like dimensions going in. Yeah, pear. Yeah, yeah. You did. Well, you said you were because they played the highway on that piece. They that did. They too. did two of the greatest pieces ever written. Same what, concert. The highway in which one? What was the other pa- one? Pa- pa- pear spelled P-E-A-R. A pa- no, no, no. That piece did okay. not catch on and I'm not sure why. It did it? No, what? no. Mm-mm. Oh, my gosh. Well, no, very, very that's a travesty. Very few. uh very few repeat performances of that piece. And I was, re- and I thought the same thing. I thought, you know, it's pretty good. If you got a, a, a couple of decent solos mm-hmm. that can play those first two parts that, that it's a real good vehicle because the rest of the parts were fairly manageable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who published it by the way? That was a uh, C Allen. That's weird. C Allen published that. I know. I thought, I thought that was weird too, because that's, Certainly, a place a lot of people looking for percussion lit it, it, will go. I mean, you look at any percussion ensemble cards like Tap Space, yeah. C. Allen, and then like Ivan yeah. Trevino. I don't know. I don't know. It must yeah. be something I said. It probably is. Pro- well, you know, yeah, that's true. Probably something I said. Yeah. Well, you know, you live and learn. That's what they um, say. You got to live and learn. Copyright strike. Let me, uh, this is another great question I like to ask everybody. Is there a, is there a studio purchase hardware, software, uh, footwear, something that you've made oh. for your studio that mm-hmm. once you got it kind of changed your life, changed your workflow, changed or made you more efficient or effective, anything like that? That's a, that's an interesting, that is a question I have never been asked before. Oh my gosh. You know, I'm, I, I prep so much for all of your normal questions, like, you know, your David Copperfield questions or your interview with the vampire questions, but this one, that's insane. Um, I will just say for the longest time, I was a composer that refused to use a MIDI keyboard. I was always using the QWERTY keyboard, you know, the up and down arrows and the enter key and the, the whatever. And it was because of virtual drumline that I decided to dive into the full 88 key keyboard because if you use virtual drumline you know you need all of the buttons all through the keyboard to get the sounds oh yeah so i so i will say the use of of an 88 key midi keyboard changed my world like 15 years ago granted people were using it way sooner than that but yeah i would i would say that i i've i don't know you know i'm still i'm not old but I'm definitely not young. I'm not as young as I used to be. No. And I, I don't know how you write. I don't know how any of your composer people write. And frankly, it could be the same way with all these youngsters, but I doubt it. I still write everything by hand at first on staff paper. I have a piano and I do that. Everything is sketched out, like every single thing, all my notes, all this. And then I orchestrate on Finale, the superior software program. Um, <laughs> I know that there are people- Also not a sponsor of the show. Come sponsor me. Um, there are, I know that there are composers and whatnot that compose straight to the computer, and that's fine. Go for it, do your thing. Um, I know there are composers that sequence first and then they orchestrate. Mm. 
that's not what I do. So I'm still very much in the spirit of the great John Williams. You know, I write everything on a staff paper and I have notes and I have pages and pages and then I orchestrate. So I don't want to say I'm very analog, but there are strong analog elements of my composing process. Um, in fact, the first band piece I ever wrote was in 2002 and it was this nine minute piece. It's not great. It still gets a random performance every few years, but back in that 2002 or 2001, whatever the quality and the, the volume of, or, or the, the amount of uh, memory you could get on your computer was very mm. limited. You yeah, could only sure. save, you know, I had to get a zip drive and it was a, <laughs> like you could, but like one big gig. disc. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that my finale file had gotten so big <laughs> I could, I could have had to put it on a zip drive and it, 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 it was so long at the time and so many staves and blah, 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 that I could not play back or else it would crash. Yeah. So at some point I was writing the piece based off of like, Oh, I know, I know older composers are going like, Oh, that's not you know new. I was writing it with having no idea how it was going to sound together. And yeah. I didn't know what it was going to sound like together until I heard it live. And it was one of those things that my comp teacher at the time was like, see, like, that's what you should do for everything. Um, you know, if you rely on the crutch that is playback, you're not going to develop your inner ear. You're not going to develop the, the ability to do that kind of stuff. And so I don't I don't look down on the composers that do it that way. They may have a completely different gift and good for them if they can do that. I still need a piano. I orchestrate everything on the computer, but, you know, I write all the notes. It's a short score form. It's all this kind of stuff. So that's why I think the MIDI keyboard was probably my my favorite investment to my process that's cool Thank yeah you. i mean everybody has their everybody has their processes yeah yeah we can talk I, about pencils if you want but you know whatever <laughs> so like a black wing type of a situation like? um well so i remember jonathan newman was talking about like these like real fancy pencils that yeah. the, the nerds use i don't i use what's called what is it the world's greatest pencil all the elementary school teachers would know what i'm talking Dixon about ticonderoga number two I think that's what it is. The type. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I use. I was kidding a little bit, but okay. No, it's great. Those pencils are fantastic. Uh, especially if you're, pencils. if you Not have a access to of the show. office depot or an office max that's going out of business and you just like buy all of them. I, but yeah, I have I'm, one right here. I have the Dixon Ticonderoga, right? Yeah. 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 Number yeah. two. Soft. HB2 soft. soft. Yes. Yeah. That. I have, I have them in my desk here too. If you want to write the next highway, not the highway to the danger zone, use the T cone. I already forgot what it's about. Get that pencil. It's a good one. Sponsors. Maybe maybe they'll hear the podcast. They'll send us both a, a case oh, of pencils. To I'll use. take it. I yeah. will take them. Yes. Yeah. They'll send yours to me and I'll, I promise I'll forward them to you. I won't. I'm use sure. Them. I'm sure. I need yeah. it for pencil break out in the uh, recess area. There you go. If anybody remembers pencil break anyway, whatever you probably, you, you throw them and you stick them up in the ceiling when you can't, when you don't have a good idea, right? Oh, yeah. Let's not look at my, but they're all good ideas. They're just haven't been realized yet. <laughs> Un unrealized potential. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good uh, title for a band uh, piece. Story of my life. <laughs> um, well, this is a good segue into the next thing. Do you ever, when you're working on something, do you ever deal with writer's block? I, I would be lying if I said I didn't suffer from, hiccups in the the process um and yeah uh, and i pretty much like so many other people the shower principle like i get up and i yeah. fold laundry or i walk my dog or i take a shower or i do literally anything and this, this is actually a really a really another segue to a segue that's why i make shoe videos by the way that's why i do what i do because 
I need something to completely that is not related whatsoever to music. Um, if I get stuck through a marching band arrangement or a composition, I just I need to work it out in my brain. Uh, I will set up my stuff and make a shoe video, edit it. And, da -da, and then I'm like, oh, and then it's all fresh. And then I can come back and I get to hear it and see it with different eyes and ears. So I have never experienced writer's block, the kind that is romanticized in some movies and books. And like, oh, I've been written for four months. I can't cry. Like, that's that's never been that, you know. No, um, uh, throw mama from the train situation. No, no. Procrastination is the greatest uh, inspiration uh, where it's like, <laughs> shit, I got a deadline next week. Oh, here we go. You know, that kind of and fun yeah. fact. I wrote the highway uh, in like days. It didn't take me much at all. Granted, there's not a lot to that piece, but uh, because I, I had a performance and I was writing, I wrote that piece and we had to learn it. So I was like, I got to write it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Writer's block happens all the time. I'll walk uh, playing with my dogs. Does it a lot. Folding laundry. That's really number one folding mm, laundry. Yeah. yeah. I used to get really good ideas mowing my grass. Ah, uh, yeah. Another mundane activity. You that... just have to do something kind of mindless and uh -huh. yeah. Let your brain relax and correct. Yeah, yeah. We can just, we can overthink it and that's any creator, editor, whatever and, and, you know, again, we like to romanticize what it is we do as creators and think, oh, this, you know, the, 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 the way the movies kind of portray us is so eclectic. It's like at the end of the day, if you're writing a paper or you're editing a, you know, you still have to get up and go clear your mind. So it's not, it's yeah. not exclusive to us composer types. Right. The clouds don't part and the sun, you know, shine yeah. down on you. And all of a sudden you're like, ah, a piece. Exactly. Exactly. You know, look. I won't mention them by name, but a famous composer had said that the music already exists. They're merely a vessel for the music to flow through them. That's um, deep. Uh, yes. Uh, and anyone listening who knows who it is, no, I mean, it's one of those, like, if you know, you know, there's yeah. only one composer that would say something like that. So anyway. <laughs> um, I, I know the answer to the next question, but it's on my oh, list. All right. And I'm, I'm afraid to ask it. Why? But. Uh, because I, I I know I know the tangent you're going to go on, but I'm going to ask it. it because it's on my list, and yeah. it would be it would be unfair to you not to thank you I not to ask it. the question. Sure, and I want I want to give my dear friend the <laughs> all of the opportunities I've given everyone else. Um, what do you like to do in your spare time, hobby <laughs> and non music interests? <laughs> I'm just going to hit mute and no, grab it's a fine. drink real quick while you talk. That's messed I need up. A, I need That's a new wild up. cherry Pepsi. Also not a sponsor of the show. There's a lot of people that should be sponsoring this show based on the shout outs we've given them and the millions of listeners that you're I'm, getting. I'm just going to wait until that happens. Yeah. Look, I like shoes. I like sneakers specifically. That's my thing. I've had a collector's mindset all my life. Sneakers just happen to be the thing that I'm into like stamps or baseball cards or um, I don't know, pottery or something. That's just what I do. I like shoes. I think of them as works of art for your feet. I joke around that I make shoe contact before I make eye contact. It's not, not, that's not my thing. I, that's something <laughs> sneaker people say, um, you know, and I'm not a shoe monogamist. I like Nike, Adidas, Puma, Reebok, New Balance, Asics. I like them all. I like weird shoes. I like fun shoes. Uh, I wear shoes that most people out of sneaker culture think are ridiculous and that's fine. And, you know, then I wear some cool things that everyone likes. So I, I just, I really like shoes. Uh, if anyone's been to my house, you can see the shoe wall, or if you follow me on any form of social media, you know that I do shoe stuff, shoe reviews. I, 
I, I record podcasts for shoe people. There's a podcast. I do a video podcast called the kicking it social hour based off of the shoe store called kicking it. Um, I'm really into media. I was, I actually was going to be more into media than music growing up, but that's, that's, it's all shoe related. I love shoe stuff. It's, it's just, there's something about it. And it's definitely that whole, when you're growing up, rightfully so, because I'm doing it with my daughter, you only get one pair of shoes because you grow so fast and there's no sense in buying 15 pairs of shoes. If you're just going to change also, you beat them down. My daughter just goes through shoes. She wrecks these shoes. Um, so she's not getting the kind of quality shoes that I'm getting, but at some point your feet stop growing, but your parents don't start buying you more. So all these retros, there's a reason why people are still in the early year Jordans because we couldn't afford them growing up or we never got to have them. And this is me, as they say, I'm just in a kid with an adult money. Like that's all it is at this point. I have adult money and I, my disposable income, I've decided to spend on shoes. So shoes. Yep. <laughs> yes. You knew the, that was easy. That, I, that was yeah. a gimme. I, I I knew the answer and I wish people could see the wall of shoes that's behind you. And I've cut down. I have, <laughs> I'm cu- I have a curated collection of shoes. Uh, I think it's at a, at a nice rotation of about two to two, 225 pairs of shoes. At any given I think, did I see it? Not probably not recently, but I think at some point I got onto the Facebooks and you were selling some shoes was that yeah, you? I, I remember I that, sell right? shoes all the time. And uh, I, th- I remember fact, I saw it and I thought, oh my God, is Daniel okay? Like, you Do you know the amount of people you're, <laughs> so you're, I know exactly what, when you're talking about, because people messaged me and said, are, are you having money problems? Are you okay? I'm like, no, yeah. I'm fine. I just have too many shoes. Um, and, and many sneaker collectors go through the whole, I need as many shoes as possible. And I would have a whole, like, just, and you can't see beyond the camera. There's up shoes, you know, just there's shoes everywhere. But at some point you just go, I don't really don't need these. So you sell them um, or I give them away or I trade them or whatever. And so um, I'm probably going to get down to a nice 150 at some point. Like I, that's going to be a solid amount, which is still more than most people would ever dream about ever having in their lifetime. I get it. The excess is ridiculous, but uh, curation, curation is where I'm at right now. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. That was Thank you. I appreciate well, you still asking. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know, no, nobody asks me and that's fine. Um, Are you a shoe guy? Really? No, I have one pair of black shoes. What kind and of when, um, I'm, let me guess, they're Brooks, aren't they? They are Brooks. I Actually, they are. They are I Brooks. knew it. And, and when those go bad, I, I get on, I get on the internets and I find the pair that looks exactly like <laughs> yeah. it. Um, yeah, that's, it's got a different number now. Yep, you know, it's been a year or so. It's it's a year or two later, and I just buy the same pair again. Yeah, yeah. There are more people like you than there are me. That's for sure. Uh, boy, that really frightens me. But (laughs) if you're talking about shoe selection, that's that's probably fine. Um, Well, we're coming to the end. Wow, that was fast. I, I always end these interviews with the same thing. I have a ten frivolous nice question segment and. Um, as listeners have pointed out to me, sometimes I don't actually ask 10 questions. Oh boy. You get called out already. Um, but I think when I started, I had 10 questions and then the questions have changed and maybe there's 10, maybe there's not. Sometimes I skip one, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but I still call it the 10 question segment, no matter what, Sure, because that's what it says on my, on my show script. And you haven't changed the script. No, I got you. You can't change it. No. So we're going to do 10 questions, 10 frivolous questions 
right. inconsequential questions with Daniel Montoya. Thank you. And um, and this is always the most fun that I have, and probably sure. the most uncomfortable the guests get. Really? Oh, yeah. All right, whatever. Okay, so a couple of softballs to start out. Um, oh, um, what is your? Do you have a favorite food? Um, yeah, any sort of. You know, I think breakfast tacos. I could eat mm. breakfast tacos any time of any day, for sure. I feel like breakfast tacos can just be universally consumed. Yeah, of course. Any like. Yeah, eggs by itself, throw in brisket, you've got lunch. Yeah. Right. You know, just add anything. And and I'm I'm talking the more authentic, more traditional. Don't give me that torchies velvet taco crap. <laughs> I'm not Uh-oh. into fusion tacos. That's not right. a sponsor of the show either. No, so they'll never fine. will. Not you when I'm on here. You don't have That's to like right. them. Okay. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite place you like to vacation or visit? I Absolutely. We went last summer and it is now my favorite place ever to go. And it's Athens, Greece. It's just really wonderfully. I, I think I am more, more uh, attuned to the European lifestyle. I realize that's Mediterranean, but the idea that I can have dinner at 10 PM in Athens or in Paris or in Buenos Aires, like that stuff just, cause that's my normal life schedule. Like yeah. I don't eat normal times. I eat lunch when people and old people are having dinner, right? Like yeah. it's a whole, whole kind of thing. Um, but we went to Athens and we didn't go to the islands. I'm not talking about sorority Island. I'm talking about like <laughs> Athens yeah. and it was so Legit. wonderful. It was great. Uh, I mean, it sounds so, so one percenter to go like in Paris was great too, but you know, I love, I love my city. I love my state. I love our country, but it's young and you go to Athens like, Oh, Hey, this is like 3000 years old or something. You're just like, Oh sure. boy, yeah. that's fantastic. So yeah. Athens, Greece was my favorite place to vacation. I would go back. I would go every year. I love that. I, I was supposed to go to Europe this summer and then for reasons I did not. Right. That's a drag. Well, <laughs> so know. I'm going to, I'm going to reschedule, but um, I was looking forward to seeing a lot of those things for the first time. So awesome. Yeah, I'll, have to, sure. I'll have to check Athens out now. Put it on um, do you have a favorite color? Navy blue. It's my power color. Navy blue power color. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I like that. Dark, Strong. Dark navy blue. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Almost black. Yeah. It's, like almost like that midnighty dark, just real Mm, it's a good color i love that it's blacker than black yeah um if you remember and remember family show what's the last thing you googled (laughs) that's a fantastic question holy smokes you know what i pride myself on asking good questions um you're gonna steal some of these aren't you you're gonna ask to shoot people some of these am i able to look at my history can i do that on my phone I don't know. I'm sure it had to do with, oh, you know what? It was probably tickets to, uh, how much do tickets cost to go to the uh, UT game, the Sugar Bowl? Mm. Yeah, mm. that's what it too, is. Too much? Uh, yeah, but for resale. Or yeah, to go through StubHub and all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, that's pretty good. Um, Thank you. What do you think? Uh, his, this is a here's a personal question. Okay. Um, uh, when you uh, when you go to sleep at night, socks on or socks off? Mm. If it's real real cold, I'll wear socks. But for the most part, no socks. I just uh, my, no my feet need to breathe. Yeah, my, my toes. And I've got two dogs. They sleep in my bed. Don't come at me. And so they keep me pretty warm. Well, in addition to my my wife, but the dogs are one cuddles up right next to me, and the other one's at my feet. So. Uh, listen, I got three, so I I get it. There's yeah. some built-in like there's a uh-huh. built-in warmth quotient. 
Oh yeah. With the dogs. Absolutely. For yeah, sure. I get that. I get that. Um, if you were not, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to double this question. If you were okay. not a music composer, mm-hmm. if you did not do music work and I'm going to throw in, if you did not, if you were not a shoe mogul, Thank you. Uh, what's something else that you think you might, uh, you might have done with your life? That that's that's pretty easy because I was initially going into uh, newspaper magazine journalism. I was mm. an yearbook nerd in high school, nice. and I was all ready to go work for Time Magazine or Sports Illustrated. And granted, boy, am I lucky that didn't happen because those things exist in an entirely different format now. But I am a big fan of of media of journalism, um, whether it's the ESPN type or or if it's the uh, whatever news channel of, of choice, the ones that tell closer to the truth than not. Um, I'm all about that kind of stuff. So I think I would have been in media. I think that's why I like doing podcasts. I like doing YouTube videos. I like doing that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, it would be, it would be media for sure. That's a good answer. I Thank could you. see you um, out on the beach doing <laughs> a live spot in the middle of a hurricane Oh, I'd be a weather you know, person to you. That's holding you on to your well, when it's hurricane mm. season, they send whoever out. Like, <laughs> That's true. Just like, get out there. Who's, who's who's got the cheapest contract? If they get blown away, like so are we I fine would be without? The, I got you. They're yeah. not sending the anchors out there. That's true. I think by this point in my life, I would be an anchor. They're but sending you're right. like the, yeah. the 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 intern they send to ride the traffic helicopter. That's who they're sending oh, to the beach. Boy. You know, like yeah. Just go stand in the water and measure how quickly it rises. You correct, know, that kind correct. of a thing. Yes. No, that, thank um, you for it. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Do you, um, are you somebody that binges things like binge watches things? I do. I do. Um, it's hard during marching band arranging season, but so I end up treating it as a reward. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I finished this movement. I can watch a few episodes or I'll, I'll watch things during lunch. So like when I was going through the Clone Wars, I would watch the Clone Wars at breakfast, at lunch and at dinner. And then yeah. like before bed. So I get like four episodes in. Um, I think there's a there's like maybe a handful of things that I've done where I watched it like for eight hours. Yeah. I think like House of Cards was one of those um, a number of years ago. But like right now, I just finished the three seasons of The Boys, um, which is on mm. Amazon Prime. And yeah. then I started watching Gen V, which is the spinoff TV series. And now I'm going through Invincible. Um, I guess I'm in a very superhero mode, but like anti-superhero basically not the marvel type stuff right now but yeah i'll i'll i've been known to binge some things very cool yeah no i do too and i and i like watching um really i any any scary movie i will turn on oh it doesn't it doesn't matter like you know like like uh like beach shark i'm there or uh search search for Bigfoot I'm I'm watching you know or like sure. it like what doesn't matter it, honestly the more ridiculous the mm-hmm. premise mm-hmm. probably the more into it I'm gonna be I okay. I was an early Sharknado adopter before you? it was hip oh yeah oh wow yeah yeah, yeah. it was one well, of those what have all y'all been watching you haven't been watching Sharknado you know, Sharknado whatever's perfect seven or eight of them. Yeah, I'll, yeah I'll watch any of those um good for you yeah and anything that's a spoof Oh yeah, I love that stuff too. Anything yeah. that's a spoof. If Leslie Nielsen was in it, I was watching it. Oh man, that man was was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a favorite time to of day that you like to write? Yes, I can't. I I don't want to say I can't write. I can force myself, but there's just something about that 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. six hour chunk that I'm just rocking and rolling. I'm yeah, like, that's just people are going to bed they're putting on their evening news 
you know, the phone calls stop happening, no more texts, no more emails. Social media has kind of calmed down except for the West Coast or <laughs> overseas. Um, yeah. yeah, but just those six hours, like I'll get stuff real done, especially, you know, like, like right now, like I would, I would start piddling at 6 PM currently where we're talking. Sure. Um, so maybe I get going about seven, but there's just, you know, I lock right in about eight. That's when things start, start pushing. It's the witching hour. I uh, guess so. not, but I guess I don't think, a, but we'll, we'll, we'll allow the, the metaphor. Yeah. I love that. Well, um, I don't know if that was 10 questions, but we're going to call it 10 questions. Wow. So. All right. Thank you. Thank you for 10 questions. Well, um, tell people how, how they can find you out on the socials and everything. Yeah. Well, um, I have, I have many a website and many a social media. If you're interested in the composer side of me, you can just go to Daniel Montoya, Jr. Jr.com, Daniel Montoya, Jr.com. If you want to know about marching man stuff, there's Montoya marching music.com. Uh, you can go to either one of them and you could find the other, the other one. They're, they're linked to each other. Uh, if you are interested at all in any way, shape, or form in shoes, you can follow me on Instagram at the Shumalier. It's like Samalier, except for shoes. Shumalier. Nobody knows how to spell that. S H O E M M E L I E R. The Shumalier. You're free to follow me on Twitter, but I, I'm so it's sneaker heavy, and um, I don't post political stuff. But I'm definitely a person who likes and retweets things. So if you don't want any of that, regardless of which way you follow, you don't 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 follow me on that. And I'm on Facebook, but I really teach. I treat Facebook as LinkedIn. So it's like all <laughs> pumping up like, hey, hire me. Listen to this podcast. Buy this it shirt. Is. Yeah, yeah. that's I, I am. I'm fine with that. I'm OK with people treating it that way as long as like it's like. I'm absolutely treating it this way. Don't treat it as a foe. Like, oh, this is my journal. This is my like. Okay, that's great. But then don't try to sell me something on there. You know, if you're gonna be purely MLM, a pyramid scheme, great. Be that. Just, just be, be authentic. Be yourself. So me, it's LinkedIn for for social media. I get it. It's either either let it be a diary or let it be a billboard. But don't don't cross the streams. Is that can it be both? It Look. If you're going to hate, hey, baby, and uh, sleigh ride like Reagan Brumley, just dive into it. Or, you know, just totally like, you know, just embrace live it. it. Yeah, yeah. Embrace it. Embrace it. Embrace the hate. I can appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, um, I will say to you, um, happy Valentine's Day. Oh, ha- happy Valentine's Day. to Boy, can you believe it? 2024. Yeah, I can't believe it. But um, yeah, we're all going to pretend because your episode's going to release in February and wow and we're recording here in December. <laughs> we we we've just enjoyed some wonderful premieres of our pieces at Midwest. Our our premieres have already happened. That's right. They have They're really we, great. You know, it's wild that we're recording this from um overseas cuz we've made so much money on those pieces. So much money I'm on the beach somewhere. That's right. And you know, mm-hmm. we had to have made serious money because to get a middle-aged fat guy to the beach. Oh my god. That takes some serious dough. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, no, I, I looked it up before we started. I went, I'm going to have to, at some point say happy Valentine's day. And I, I honestly thought you would, you would not play along. (laughs) Happy TMEA to you as well. Happy TMEA also. Yeah. It will will be over. We will. Oh, it'll be post TMEA. It'll be over. God, I'm so stressed out with marching band meetings right now, man. I remember the days. Yeah. It's the reason why I don't do that anymore. (laughs) It's less stressful. I'm sure. Daniel, thanks for coming on the show. I yeah. appreciate it. It's always thanks for great having to me. talk and we don't get to talk often enough. Well, so, uh, but I'll look great. forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks and uh, uh, everybody else. 
in what um, March? At, in March, in spring break. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I don't. Right, I don't know. I, I, I'm confused. I, man, it was great to see you in Chicago. That's boy. I we yeah, at Lovin City Diner. I was yes. I really enjoyed our our. I did pancakes. I, I don't did. get pancakes. I get the French toast. The uh, oh, and you know what? And I, French toast. And and I just want to give a shout out to the boys in orange for winning the national championship in college football. Hook 'em horns. Good All right, for way you. to go, Syracuse. And winning and the Texas State Bobcats winning their bowl, the first responders bowl in Dallas I don't and think Central that's Michigan. Either better luck next year. <laughs> that's right. I think Baylor's canceled their football program. Well, they were canceled years ago. Yeah, I think they. Just oh, not that high. kind of canceled. All right, thank you, Daniel. It's been thank a you. pleasure. Everybody, find him in all the places. If you're That's into right. shoes and feet, you can go that way. If you're into the music, you can go the other way. That's and, true. That's uh, true. Look for us both lurking at a music conference near you. Yeah, I, I still can't believe the Patriots never won another game. It's just wild to me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I had to go there. <laughs> hey, it's it's TMEA week, right? It's it's Valentine's. You know what? Technically speaking, at two and ten, the Patriots could go seven and ten and still make the playoffs. Are you kidding? No, I, I saw uh, that's an article parody. today. Yeah, in so, December. But, now, so of course, it's February. Right. It it's did February. Not they fired right. everybody by now. Wow, poor Bailey. I can't believe what happened to Bailey happened to Bailey. I can't wild? either. And Man. isn't it awful that they left Bill Belichick at the last away game? And at the airport, he missed the plane back. Uh, yeah, so, so terrible. Wow, the robot of robot Robert Kraft can't believe he did what he did. So. I can't either. It's it's it's. I really can't even talk about it. Yeah, that we yeah. It would to, to yeah. Can't do it. No, we really shouldn't. It's too. Par- it's too speaking uh, of parallel dimensions, am I right? Yeah, you are right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, Daniel. Thanks so much. We'll see you soon. Pieces. Composer chats brought to you by SCM Media. Is your audience dead? Bring it back to life. And thanks to my guest this week, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to watch for next week's episode with the next composer on my list. And you can find my other podcast, Beyond the Belt, Adventures from the Outer Rim, a sci-fi drama, anywhere that podcasts are streamed. Listen free. Seasons one through three are out now. You can find me on Instagram at jasonnitch.composer. You can find me on threads at jasonnitch.composer. You can find me on the Facebooks if you're old like me, Jason K. Niche. You can find me on the web at jasonnitch.com or at beyondthebeltpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.